Hello everyone and welcome back to another edition of the United District podcast. I'm very excited to say that I'm joined by Francesco Porzio, part of the Dimazio staff and content editor for One Football. Francesco, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you for the invite. And thank you very much. No, thank you for th- thanks for coming on. I mean, it's it's great to have you on. Um, it should be interesting. Obviously, a uh, very interesting time for football and life in general. I know we spoke about this on the past two episodes, but you know, it, it's all very individual. This um, you've been coping well with the quarantine. Been been doing all right. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to. I'm trying to work as much as I can, so I don't have to remember that I have to stay home the whole day. <laughs> but uh, you know, I I'm in Berlin right now, but. Uh, in Italy, where all my family is, the situation is really, really bad, and uh, uh, you know it's uh, it's really hard to stay to stay now outside of my country and seeing the things how they are. Mm. So uh, it's a difficult time, but I'm 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 confident that we can end soon. I hope so. Yeah, good to hear you keeping yourself busy, um, and obviously yeah. this is something. It's to the do only for way. Now, so, yeah. It's the only way. Yeah. Um, so just talking about your work, actually, the first question we've got in is from uh, MUFC Oscar, who asks, how is it to work with Damasio? Obviously a big figure now on Twitter, isn't he? A bit of a, bit of a celebrity almost, I think you could could say. Um, gained, gained a lot of traction in England. So yeah, how is it to, to, to work with him? Let's say that um, he's, my, he's my mentor, really. Like He's the person who believed in me first, mm. and uh, he helped me a lot working in this world which is very difficult to to enter and uh, he's a uh, the, the thing that I that I learned from him is that the phone has to stay on the whole day you can never uh, you know say I have I take half day off mm-hmm. uh, you always have to stay busy uh, um, never try to not miss anything um, you always have to stay connected, basically, and uh, any time of the day, any time of the night, also, and uh, it's uh, it's that's the the, the thing that uh, I learn uh, I learn from him. Uh, then, obviously, there is all the um, the the part, the journalist part, which is uh, he's unbelievable. He's uh, he's the number one right now, so he I can learn. Uh, um, anything many things every day so it's a it's a learning process you know every day you learn something new which is which is really the truth it's not just a stereotype it's, a, it's something that is happening every day mm. and uh, um, so it's um, it's interesting let's say yeah. <laughs> it's not easy but it's interesting yeah no well I can imagine and you know it's, as I just mentioned he's become someone that's gained incredible traction in but I think it was mostly actually the man we're about to but I'm about to go on to Paul Pogba actually I think the Damasio Paul Pogba thing was massive. I think in gaining him uh, traction over here, which got him obviously a big sort of Twitter journalist name. Um, we'll just move on to, to the to that man, Paul Pogba. Um, yeah. Injury ridden season at United. Uh, Mina Raiola obviously constantly talking, 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 talking in the press yeah. about all sorts. Um, What's the current situation with Paul Pogba? Could you see him staying at United, or do you think you know are Juventus interested? Will Real Madrid possibly sweep? What do you think the the situation is there? Okay, um, so let me say something that I'm going to repeat a lot. I think uh, mm. in this in this time in mm. this episode, which is uh, we are talking about a transfer window now, which is going ahead of us. Uh, we don't know when it's going to be. It can be in August, can be in September. We don't know yet. Mm. Uh, um, and, but this transfer window will be very, very particular 
because uh, what's, what's happening right now, which is we all know that pandemic, uh, the coronavirus, will have a huge impact on what will happen in the, in the transfer market because the financial uh, situation of the clubs is different than one month ago and it's different from two months ago. Mm. So all the things that we've been, we have been saying in the last, I would say, six months, so starting from last September, they, they're changing right now because there is a lot of insecurity not only for, from us, from the perspective of the journalists, but also from the perspective of the clubs, mm. from the perspective of the sporting directors, of the, uh, of the agents, of the, of the players also. So I would say that, you know, Juventus in the last two years showed us that they want to, um, they want to make a big, 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 um, um, I would say, uh, big, 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 um, uh, I, I can I can find the war now. But, big push, big uh, push for him. Push exactly, for him. exactly. Mm-hmm. So in 2000, 2018 was Cristiano Ronaldo, you know. Last year was Matthijs De Ligt. So I expect that this year will be a midfielder, the kind of player that Fabio Paratici is looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Paul Pogba is a is a is a is a dream for Juventus right now because. Uh, um, they never wanted to sell him really when when it happened. I mean, they had to because you know the offer was impossible to refuse. But um, they, it's a dream for them right now, and uh, I don't know if if this dream can be a reality. For sure, we know that uh, the situation of Pop Pogba is changing a lot because uh, we um, he. He he's not as happy as he was uh, two years ago. We know all know that. So yeah. I, I I think I think uh, a move is possible. I don't think it's uh, it's likely. Let's say that because of course Manchester United are asking a lot of money uh, because they paid uh, him a lot of money two uh, four years ago. So you know uh, it's not going to be an easy deal. That that's for sure. Mm. sure. It's definitely a difficult, difficult uh, would be a difficult deal to do. I think, yeah, as you mentioned, there the finances obviously altering with the coronavirus. Do you think the deal would be something that Paul Pogba personally? Obviously, we understand he's he's or he, he has been unhappy at least. We're not sure what what it's like now. It's hard to keep tabs on that every single day. But do you think a return to Juventus is something Pogba himself personally would be interested in? I think yes. I think yes because he he showed us in the in the last month, but. Every time he speaks about Juventus, uh, 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 he he remembers the good old times. You know what I mean. So he mm. it's a bit nostalgic, I think. As he was nostalgic also about Manchester United. Yeah. Let's remember yeah. that because I remember when he was at Juventus. Every time he was speaking about Manchester United, his eyes changing was changing. You know, mm. so he was. Uh, um, can we maybe we can say he's a bit nostalgic yeah. <laughs> as a person? We don't know that, but. Uh, it seems to be. Then, for sure, Real Madrid, as you say, can be another 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 option because uh, because of Zinedine Zidane, because of uh, also Real Madrid. We also have to consider that in all these crises, uh, financial crises, the big clubs will have huge impact, but of course less impact than others mm. because you know, because of the sponsorship, because of many things, many factors. So um, Real Madrid is a big club, so they 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 probably. Will have the the, the uh, financial situation that they can buy Pogba, uh, but there are a lot of factors, you know. So it's not easy to say right now um, the, the definition of his future. You know, it's mm. very difficult to say that now. Yeah. 
Okay, so we'll move, we'll move on from Paul Pogba. Don't want to dwell too long on him. I think there's enough being said about him uh, outside this podcast uh, for for us to for us to dwell in too long. Um, we'll go go back to, go back to defence. Actually, we'll talk about a few centre halves here that have been mentioned. Kaldu Kulabali, uh, linked with United for years now, constantly a name that sort of pops up. Never really got massive traction. Um, do you think there's any chance of in in the next windows? You say we don't know when that will be. Do you think Kulabali could be a target for United? Uh, yes, it can be a target. That's mm. uh, um, uh, a target means a lot of things, you yeah. know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Many players can be targets, but then uh, um, becoming a reality is something different. Um, of course, a central defender can be a target for Man United in the situations that they are right now. I think mm. uh, they, they probably will look for it. Um, also, we can say that uh, Napoli. They're spending a lot of money, especially in the last winter winter market. So, you know, even if they were not performing well on a sports side after um, Gattuso arrived, they spent a lot of money because they bought a lot of players: Diego Demme, Botka, uh, Lozano last, last last summer. So they spent a lot of money in the last in the last transfer windows, and I expect them to sell one big player, one top player. In the next window, mm. uh, I don't know if that player will be Kulibali or it can be Alan, for example. Uh, but um, what I what I'm saying is that if there is a an offer which satisfy Napoli, I think this time they will say yes. Mm. While last last years uh, the club uh, always denied, or I mean they they didn't they refuse offers which were like for example Alan had a 80 million offer from Paris Saint-Germain and they refused it. So I think that this this window, if there is an offer like that, they will accept it. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting because I'm not sure which other clubs are interested. Do you know of any other clubs that you think would potentially go for Koulibaly? There are a lot of rumours. There are a lot of rumours. Uh, uh, I think um, Premier League might be uh, his main destination. Uh, they all, there were also rumors about uh, um, Real Madrid and uh, Paris Saint-Germain, but you know there are just rumors right now. Mm. There is a lot of talking, uh, and it's difficult to distinguish what's what's real and what's just rumors because rumors, uh, you know, can be real or not, as you know. Yeah, and the name I'm about to mention now is someone who's constantly been been sort of just rumours I think you know the talk of a few weeks ago Matthias Delict obviously came from Ajax for a big fee to Juventus last season there was talk a few weeks ago of him potentially wanting out after a season do you know do you know anything yeah, about I that? that I read that uh, I to be honest I found that really uh, unlikely but yeah. not because of, uh, not because of uh, of um, of Manchester United that don't want Delict because also, also remember last summer they were interested in him mm. uh, um, it's because there are there are many things to consider. First of all, you were bought him last year, so I think a club like Juventus it's difficult that they sell uh, a, a promising defender like the Ligt after one one season. Um, plus, uh, we don't know um, we don't know how like you know the agent of of uh, of the Ligt is Mino Raiola. Yeah, we. No, he doesn't have like an amazing relation right now with the uh, Manchester United board mm. and uh, um, with the uh, with Manchester United um, uh, the club, you know, because he, he always said that, for example, Paul Pogba he wants he wants him to go away. So I find difficult 
that the league goes to you uh, united for these reasons and also um I think he wants stability right now. He has to grow. He has to stay in those few years and then maybe change club and go somewhere else. But now, uh, I repeat myself, with this situation, the pandemic, the coronavirus, uh, a uh, deal like this, it's mm. very, very difficult to happen. Yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll stay on the topic of centre-backs for now. Um, move away from incomings, yeah. p- perhaps outgoings for United. Uh, Tactical Edition asks... What are your thoughts on Smalling's performances for Roma this season and do you see Roma making the move permanent? Uh, I was surprised by Smalling, I have to say. <laughs> I have a lot yeah. of uh, I have a lot of um, friends from uh, from uh, from England also from Manchester and uh, you know were were telling me oh, this guy this guy he can never make it into Serie A is uh, not good enough is not good enough and he he demonstrated exactly the opposite. Like he was amazing in the first season uh, in Italy in Serie A. Uh, the news of uh, of these days is that uh, United and Roma found an agreement for the extension of the um, of the loan until the season season is over. Because you know right now there is this discussion about what's happening if um, if the season goes on after June thirtieth, mm. and you know. The contracts are expiring that day. So what's get, what's happening with this with those situation? Um, so Roma and the United found this agreement that um, Smalling will stay at, um, um, in Rome until the season is over. And this might be a signal, you know, might be something that um, that Roma is really interested in on uh, on uh, on keeping him. And that's for sure because uh, they started the negotiation last October. They started to talk with. Manchester United last, last October, mm. saying oh, we want to keep Smalling. Man United, you know, uh, after seeing his uh, evolution in Serie A, they probably start thinking oh, maybe it's not that bad. Uh, maybe uh, we underestimate him. Maybe I, I also saw that he was uh, he was being talked for the England for the national team, not being called for national team. So. Um, the, this this idea that Smalling wasn't that bad <laughs> came mm. outside Italy, and uh, so the request of Manchester United uh, changed a little. Um, and Roma, they said oh, maybe we cannot do it with uh, those numbers that you are saying. So now they are working; they are trying to find a deal. I think, to be honest, that they they can reach a deal, they can reach an agreement, uh, but it's not as it easy as it was um, last. October, like it's a bit more difficult. Yeah, um, just going on to another Manchester United loanee. Obviously, Alexis Sanchez uh, out yeah. at Inter at the minute doesn't look like that's going to be extended. As far as I understand, am I right in saying that 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 loan yeah. will, won't be extended? No, he won't. He won't stay at Inter. He won't stay at Inter. That's for sure. Mm. Uh, he he arrived. He was very unlucky, I have to say. Uh, I remember I was in the um, in Milan when he arrived, and I followed the. The medicals and all that procedure, which you know in Italy is very cinematographic. Let's yeah. say <laughs> we love to do that. And yeah. uh, I was there. There, were, there was a lot of excitement about Alexis Sanchez because uh, even if I mentioned United wasn't that good, he in Italy was amazing with Udinese, and then of course even uh, Barcelona. Then we we always follow him, you know, through the years. Mm. He's a Serie A product, you know, so we we yeah. we follow. In, in the years and uh, 
there was a lot of excitement and but then he was injured after a few games uh, very unlucky and um, but the last game he played was against uh, uh, Barcelona Camp Nou it was to be fair one of the best games of Inter this season and I don't think it was a coincidence um, so even that he had this injury he was out for three months then Inter realized that they couldn't afford to to have him because because of the injuries so uh, so I, they decided to not keep him and uh, so he, he will come back to Manchester United next season then I don't know if he will stay but uh, mm. he will come back yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on to another winger. Uh, this is probably the name United fans are talking about the most, and one that's been, you know, spoken about for pr- probably best part of a year now. Jaden Sancho. Um, <laughs> Knew it. It was coming. Yeah. <laughs> it was always. It was always going to come, and it's. We'll, we'll get it in. We'll get it in nice and early. Um, so yeah. What what is the current situation with Sancho? Obviously, it looks like a lot of people suggesting things are moving at a very fast pace. Some saying it's almost done. Obviously, very tough to and very scary to sort of suggest something like that this early obviously when we don't know the window when the window's going to open um do you think united are the favorite to this stage for Jaden sancho okay let me now i have to exp- i need a bit uh <laughs> I need a little time here because, yeah okay. uh, it's very dangerous the ground which we didn't touch even now and mm. uh i want to mm. be clear 100 percent okay uh the United interest is real, that's for sure. I mean, we we know that that's something concrete. Manchester United are really interesting in Jadon Sancho, and that's a fact. Mm. Then, then, um, there are no major updates in the last weeks. So there are no, there is no agreement yet between the club and the player, between the clubs, the two clubs. So there is no agreement yet. That's important to say that. Very important to be clear in that. Because we all, we saw that with Bruno Fernandes, what happened in the, last, uh, in the last year, that we have to be very careful when we say agreement. Because uh, when there is an agreement, it's a real agreement. It's a real, real agreement. It's not like a verbal agreement. So right now, there is no such a thing as that. Um, is, a, is a goal, for sure, to, to, to buy Jadon Sancho. So Manchester United they will try to do that, um, but it's not easy to to make a deal with Borussia Dortmund, and we know that. You know, in the last years, how many players were sold, and uh, it's not easy at all to to have a to have a deal with uh, with Borussia Dortmund. It's very difficult, actually, especially because German club like like Borussia Dortmund are very strong strong financially, so they don't need to sell players. Mm. Even in this situation, they they don't have like a need financial need. To sell Jadon Sancho, they might have it. In the, we don't know how the consequences of this crisis. But right now, as I'm speaking right now, which is uh, in April, end of April, they don't need, they don't have a need such as that. Um, so basically, they. It's also very important to underline what Jadon Sancho wants, and, and because he's right now in a position where he can basically decide where to go. I mean, he can say. I want to go to Italy, I want to go to uh, Spain, I want to go to France, uh, England, everywhere. He's, a, he's one of those players where, which he can decide his future. Of course, I think that his destination will be the Premier League because it makes sense for a lot of reasons that you know better than me. Uh, um, but we have to consider that he will, he, will, um, he will ask, he will need uh, a lot of factors. Uh, he will need like a manager who believes in him, 
he believes uh, he, he needs like a, a team that is behind him and also he of course he needs a contract that satisfies him um, if Manchester United are willing and are able to provide to him all these factors together adding an offer that can satisfy uh, Borussia Dortmund I think the deal can happen but there are a lot of factors here as you can see so but it's important to underline that in the stage that we are right now, there is no deal done. There is no like a, a agreement between the clubs, between the player. It's we are. It's very early to say that. Yeah. But uh, situation that we should we should see closely and uh, can can be can be very very interesting to see in the next in the next month. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, we've got another question uh, here from ILCJUV. Not the most catchy uh, out on Twitter, okay. I must say. Um, he's, he's asked, this isn't directly linked to, linked to United, but um, Allegri someone that was uh, linked to United quite heavily, obviously, when there yeah. was talk of Solskjaer uh, leaving. Yeah. He's asked, is there any news on, on Allegri at all? Is his future? Well, Allegri, um, Allegri decided last year to have a gap year. He w- didn't want to coach at all for one year until until the, uh, June, basically. Mm. Um, he had offers. He had offers in many countries. He had offers from many clubs, also in England. Uh, if not offers, um, we can say interest, which is, uh, which is another thing, but still uh, important to underline. Um, for sure, his, uh, his will one day is to coach a Premier League club. So Manchester United can be uh, in his ideas, um, he had uh, options, as I said last season. As, uh, last season, but I mean this season. Yeah. <laughs> but he he refused all of them immediately. Like he, even the first calls they were making, he said, "No, I don't want to. I don't. I don't even want to hear that." He didn't want to coach until until next season because probably he was tired because he wanted to take time to study new things you know uh, a manager even Guardiola did it if you remember after after he quit uh, Barcelona so mm-hmm. it's something that can happen Ancelotti did it so it's not something unusual um, let's say that this situation the pandemic uh, can change again the situation because uh, if the season goes on until let's say September and the new one starts in October my personal feeling, uh, uh, it's not something that I know, it's not something that uh, talks, it's, some, it's something that I think. Mm. Um, a lot of changing, a lot of revolutions, let's say, the clubs were about to make won't happen. Uh, because it's a, it's a period of time, also for the players, if you think about it, if you think about yourself also, mm. do you want to make huge changes in your life right now? I don't think so. It's very difficult yeah. right now to make changes, personally. So Allegri might say, I can wait six months more, and maybe the season after I can have an even better offer. But then we don't know, of course, because if the season restarts, who knows what is going to happen. So, so it's difficult to say. Yeah, But for sure he wants to, he, he, had, he took English lessons, that's, that's for sure, 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so he was trying to learn English better. And uh, his uh, his idea is to is to uh, coach an English club in the future. I think near future, but we don't know that. 
Yeah, we'll have to see how it all plays out. I think that's the case with a lot of things at the moment, isn't it? In life in general, uh, yeah. Just sort of wait, wait and see, see how things, see how things play out. No, I know. So uh, I can say something mm. uh, to this point. Um, it's a it's a moment where it's difficult to make decisions, and because we don't know the future is so is so the future is so um, uncertain that we we don't know what's going to happen basically. So we have to think that clubs, uh, managers, players are like us in this moment. Mm. They are not much different. Okay, they, 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 they have a lot of money, much more than us, sadly, <laughs> but uh, they are like us in this moment. There are there are people that they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do with their families. They are they are they are worried. So we have to consider also the personal feelings a lot. I think in this also in transfer market. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're right. That's a very good point you make there. And yeah, we'll just have to see how things play out. Um, got another question um, from Twitter here. Ollie nine nine oh eight asks, well, about a player that never really hit the ground running at Manchester United. Had a great game, I remember in the, in the Europa League final. Matteo Damian obviously moved to yeah. Parma for pennies, basically. I think it was a couple of million pounds or yeah. something like that. Three million, three million euros for us. Yeah, there you go. It's a very small fee. Uh, obviously, I think a lot of United fans we don't watch maybe Parma week in week out um how's how's Darmian doing in Italy he's doing good I mean he as Molling uh, his uh, his uh, his performances are quite surprising in this in this sense I I, I had less uh, fears about him because you know he knew already the Serie A how is it and um, so it was quite easy for him to come back and start a new season with a, in, a, in a new club. Uh, didn't need too much to adapt adaptation. So it was quite easy for him. And I think he, well, um, I think he had most of the games. He was very positive. I, I, if I remember now, I don't. Uh, to be honest, I don't remember a game where he was bad. Mm. <laughs> That's already yeah. a. <laughs> a big step up considering how he was at Manchester United. Mm. Um, I think, I, listen, I was I was writing uh, an article about Manchester United a few days ago, and uh, I, um, the summer when Darmian arrived, uh, there were too many changes. I think there were the, the changes that they make they were making were so uh, relevant that mm. it was difficult for a player to adapt. And you know. Uh, if you don't start well, it's difficult to cope after. It's difficult to change minds of managers, minds of fans also. So I think it was be- it was difficult for him to adapt at the first uh, when he arrived uh, in Manchester, mm. and then he never had a, a strong opportunity to turn that around. If you think about it, because uh, uh, of course he had opportunities, but uh, it's difficult, you know, for our defender to impress for one game and then. Stayed all season as a as a starting eleven, you know. It's uh, it's something I don't want to defend him because he's, he's Italian. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, Again, yeah, no. I can say the opposite about the other players, but in this case, uh, maybe Manchester United wasn't his level when he arrived, uh, and uh, and then he didn't really have the opportunity to show himself. Yeah, I know what you mean. There is definitely a lack of patience, especially when it comes to defenders and probably yeah, goalkeepers in that sense as well. Uh, and we definitely saw oh, yeah. we definitely saw sparks from him. I think I remember the Europa League final. He was definitely man of the match. He was phenomenal. Um, so yeah, definitely a good player in there. It just just didn't work out. I think it's one of them. Quite a few of those with the United in previous years. 
just didn't work out. Um, got another question from Twitter. United Future asks, uh, who's the biggest young talent in Italy right now, in your opinion, obviously? Oof, that's, a, that's a good question. There are a lot of young players. I would say the, the one I like most is Zaniolo, mm. Nicolo Zaniolo. He's the one I impressed me most last season, uh, and he was very, very touching when he injured himself this uh, this season against uh, against Juventus. Uh, I was happy. The only good positive part that the Euro was postponed for my country is that you know he can play in Euros 2021. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he was going to miss it, and that's a good part for him, also for for the entire national team. I think he's the biggest talent. I think also Sandro Tonali is a is the is the other one to to look out in the next years? Uh, it's considered the new Pirlo, but it's not really the new Pirlo. It's very much different. Mm. Uh, uh, but uh, you know, he, he grew up in Brescia as Pirlo. He his his hairstyle are like Pirlo, so he looks like a bit like Pirlo. So that's why people say he's the new Pirlo. But from a player point of view, it's very much different. Uh, even if they play more or less in the same position on the field. Uh, another player that I want to point out. I'm saying now I was saying Italian players. Mm. Another one is uh, uh, not Italian. It's Kulusevski, which will go to Juventus next season. And uh, if you didn't have the ch- chance, uh, please uh, go watch some games because he's unbelievable. Mm. The way the way the way he touches the ball, the way he shoots is um he's a uh, really for me will be he can play he can play Juventus starting from the first season, mm. no doubt about that. Yeah, so some good, yeah, some good names there. Obviously, a lot of those I'm sure will be linked, or already have been. I think Tonali one that's definitely been linked to the Premier League, and you never know, might see in United colours in a few years' time. Let's we'll see, see how yeah, that goes. I, <laughs> I mean, of course, I'm missing a lot of young players, but I mean, I'm I'm just here to point out the the mm. best one. Then there are there are a lot of others, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, just staying on the topic of Italian football for a minute, staying away from United, because I think it's quite hard in this in this period. You you end up talking about a lot of the same things, and you the same set of players. Sancho just constantly being echoed off the walls, a bit of an echo chamber, really, in it um, at the minute. So we'll, we'll talk about Italian football for a moment. Um, MUFC Pereira with a good question here: How safe is Maurizio Sarri's position at Juventus? I think he's very much safe right now, to be honest. Uh, he. When he arrived, uh, there were a lot of uh, skeptical uh, fans, but also the rumor was that he, he wouldn't stay much longer at Juve. I think, well, Juventus, you have to understand, they changed mentality completely. I don't know how confident you are with uh, Maximili- Ma- uh, Max Allegri football, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. different from <laughs> from Maurizio Sarri. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so you know there was a huge shift, and it's not easy at all uh, to change that kind of mentality in the players, but also in the club. Uh, they wanted to do that. There was a clear, um, clear idea that started from the, the board to the president to the sport director they wanted to change the mentality but also with victories with trophies uh, as it stands right now Juventus they're still in the Coppa Italia semi-final they're first in the league uh, and they are they lost against Lyon the first leg but they have the second leg in the Champions League so until now they didn't miss any of the of the objectives then of course, uh, I'm saying 
that is very stable is uh, I'm confident it will stay because um, also of this uh, of the pandemic of the coronavirus because you know I don't see Juventus to make uh, as I said I was saying before to make uh, another revolution in the summer or whenever will be the end of the season. Mm. Uh, I see them to keep it up with him at least another season uh, to give him uh, another season to. To, to 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 try harder to to win more, but we don't know how will this season will end. To be honest, so he can win everything already. We don't know that. Uh, but I have to say that uh, right now he's very much sure to to stay next season. Yeah, and MUFC pair has got another question here actually, um, which I think you'll you'll be able to answer well. Uh, how, how have at Atalanta been able to achieve what they have done this season? Obviously, been phenomenal. Uh, I use one word, which is organization, and it's a very vague word. Maybe it's a very not concrete word, but trust me, in football, especially in Italian football, where in Serie A, when the clubs change ideas every two, three days, uh, mm. it's unbelievable. Um, they decided Gasperini when he arrived, uh, the manager when he arrived, uh, he um, he still had this uh, negativity around him. Uh, because of the Inter experience, who was really bad. Mm. So he arrived, he lost uh, four, of the five, or four of the first five games, the beginning yeah. in uh, yeah. of the, his first season. And then I think most of the Italian clubs at that time would have sucked him. Atalanta didn't, didn't, and they trust him. And so once one fact is uh, one factor is uh, Gasperini, the manager, who is really good. Mm. He makes players being uh, uh, um, another level. Like if I think about uh, uh, Caldara, as example, for example, so a very good um, defender at Atalanta. He went to Juventus. He was swapped with Bonucci. Remember if that in that deal um, with uh, with Milan, AC mm. Milan. Then AC Milan was a disaster. He didn't play for one year and a half. He played one one game, two games at all. Came back to Atalanta, he played from the first game again. So there is something else between the manager and the players, the relation they have, which make the players uh, uh, even better. Then, of course, they have an amazing uh, uh, youth um, um, youth team. Mm. They have a, a, the academy that they have is unbelievable. They have players that uh, are, are playing right now in, uh, in a lot of clubs that come from Atalanta. Uh, Cristante uh, played for Atalanta. Even Kulusevski comes from Atalanta, even if he played for Parma. Mm. Uh, um, I can make, uh, I'm missing a lot of names right now, but there are a lot of <laughs> players, you know. Yeah. Uh, Gagliardini, who plays for Inter. Kessier, who plays for AC Milan. Uh, Spinazzola, there are a lot of players, you know, and uh, and they have the academy who is working really good, a manager who is working really well, and also the the way they handle transfer windows it's amazing because every season they buy players and they sell players and they are always the right ones, which mm. is uh, in this moment of time it's everything because you have you can have hundred uh, hundred uh, million of euros and spending uh, in the wrong way and. Uh, 
You know that, as I mentioned, yeah, United. I, I was about team. to say, I think we could do with a bit a bit more of that, that shrewdness, to be honest, in the transfer market that, that you're <laughs> mentioning there with Atalanta. Um, the last main question here is from United Nad, and I think this is going to be such a tough question for you to answer, but I'm going to put it to you anyway. Um, after having and producing no world-class attackers uh, like Inzaghi, Del Piero, Totti, etc., why do you think Italy have struggled with attackers recently and haven't produced one of note? Ah, that's, a, that's a tough question. I think it's a it's a generational gap. You know, it's a, it's something that there are generation of. Uh, to be honest, I think the generation which I grew up, so the one that won 2006 World Cup, was unbelievable. Mm. So, uh, if you think about it, that that team they didn't call Vieri Christian Vieri because he was injured. Otherwise, he was called also. So they could have Totti, Del Piero, Vieri, Inzaghi. All of them play for the same team in the same summer, which is something that we don't even realize, probably. Uh, I think that Italy struggled a lot uh, uh, in the 90s because uh, there was one point where they they didn't invest anymore in the youth sectors, in the academies, because they thought the transfer market uh, could help, uh, could fix all the problems, because it was the time where Italy had a lot of money because they could spend a lot of money in Serie A. Inter, Milan, Juventus, Milan, they were sp- Lazio, Roma, they were spending millions and millions uh, every transfer window. So they arrived at the point that an economic crisis arrived to the clubs, mm. and they were hugely impacted by that. And they, they didn't have any more invested money in the young, in the, in the, in the academies, but they didn't have money uh, to, to spend for the transfer windows. So they arrived in a position where they didn't have Italian good players that they could play for the team. Plus, they didn't have the money to buy players um, in the transfer window. Mm-hmm. So that's why also Italian football had a crisis. And I think the national team at the end is the reflection of the football of the domestic leagues, basically. No, uh, I, I really think so. Because if Germany right now uh, or two years ago, two years ago was the best team is probably because the whole structure was working well. If France now is the best national team in the world, it's because the whole structure is working. Mm. And uh, uh, in Italy, we don't have the structure, to be honest. Mm. Do you not think there will be a resurgence then soon of, it, of, of the Italian national team rising again with these young sort of talents you mentioned, Tonali and Lorenzo Pellegrini and players like that? Do you not think there could be a resurgence on the cards for, for, for Italy? I think so. I think that now we have a... The best, the best team after 2006, mm. as a, as we speak, the 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 talent, the talent that there is right now, uh, we didn't have it before. Even I think, okay, uh, the, the best national team that I remember, that I remember, so I'm, I'm still young, so I don't have much memories, but uh, was Antonio Sconte 2016 Italy in the Euros. That was for me the best Italian national team. In the last 20 years, mm. uh, uh, from a point of view, even better than 2006 because the player. I don't remember if you remember. I don't know if you remember the players that were playing that that Euros. Mm. You you could never say that Italy was going to to the quarterfinals and losing against Germany, who was the best team at the time in the in the penalties. So uh, now we have a lot of talent that we didn't have before. And Mancini is the best manager for this kind of uh, for this kind of team because he's perfect to 
coordinate all these young players. And also I think that the postponement of the Euros, it's a good thing for him because uh, now he has one year more to, not for himself because, you know, they will not play a lot of games in the national team. It's more these players to grow for the, with the clubs. So mm-hmm. in one year they can be even better. So I'm very much confident right now about national team, but in the last 10 years, uh, I think the, uh, there was a huge uh, drop in terms of talent and uh, a lot of things in Italian football. So, yeah, it sounds a bit like England, to be honest. Even though well, ours has been about sixty, about sixty years. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, our resurgence now, can, can. Now come you're to. doing amazingly. Come on. Sorry. Well, sorry. You're you're doing amazingly. Southgate did an amazing job last in 2018. Yeah, no? yeah, I, I, I guess so. I guess so. Didn't, you're not that kind of fan. Still you're hurt. still not okay, okay. <laughs> Francesco it's been a pleasure to have you on um, thoroughly interesting insight uh, don't know if you've got any last words you want to say say to the listeners no I want to I just want to point out another what I've been saying before yeah please I, I'm saying about United fans I know that they will not trust me right now but it's okay I will say anyway please be careful on uh, on what people are saying right now about transfer market because uh, we are in a moment of time where clubs don't even know when football restarts if restarts so transfer market we are gonna we, are, we will talk about uh, we will talk a lot about it in the next month right now we need to be careful so when you hear something like agreement offer it's very unlikely let's say <laughs> yeah thank you francesco it's been a pleasure to have you on Thanks for uh, for the invite and uh, thank you very much. Uh, thank you. Stay stay safe. Thank you. Thank you.